You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the answers. Here's a production of Galactic Networks. I'm Gregor Sprague. And, and joining me, Beatmaster here. Sorry. Um, I got thrown off by the new doc. Um, and joining us is the head, one of the head honchos of Blazing Caribou Studios. It's Sean Burns. Sean, how you doing? Hola. Hello, everybody. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um and real quick, before we get into the show, you can find all of our info, including show notes, description link or subscription links by going to elsners.com or going to the parent network of for Galactic Network at gncasts.com. And also, this is your warning on Elsners. We tend to shoot our mouths off um, without thinking, so we will both spoil things and we will swear liberally. You have been warned. So, Sean, you are actually our second guest ever. Um got beat up by jackie hearn uh for that who got the title of first but you're kicking off this late um replacing replacing cory in november thing so how do you feel about that um they are tremendously big shoes to fill but i shall do my best to uh serve <laughs> and protect the fine folks at else nerds yeah <laughs> uh, so we picked out some <laughs> We picked out some news stories uh, that, like, we we don't ever have a, a like like a bunch of news that we can't we we just can't talk about. But and this is one of those weeks where we're me and Peter sitting there going, "Well, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Maybe we should talk about this." And so we finally the three for our alts news. Um, and the first one is that Dave Chappelle gets himself a three Netflix comedy special deal. Um, the project will mark Chappelle's first stand-up television special in 12 years and marks another aggressive push by Netflix in the stand-up comedy arena. The deal calls for Chappelle and director Stan Lathan to produce an original special for Netflix, and then two other unreleased projects will come from Chappelle's vaults, one produced out of the Austin City Limits live venue and the other a performance at the Hollywood uh, Palladium. Now, this is pretty cool, and I didn't realize his last stand-up special was 12 years ago. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago, you know, that, but I mean, Chappelle's show yeah. was the, what, mid-90s, I guess? So, I think mid after 9-11. Yeah, it was not after 9-11. <clears throat> he was the first comedian to break the tensions. Yeah. That was the thing he yeah. was uh, picked for. He said himself in a uh, attack on the block. Or no, what's what the, the they made a concert at the block in New York, and then here there he talked with the Roots drummer, and he said he was paid actually to effectively do that. Ease up the tensions of nine eleven. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but and he he actually had this year. I would say one of the performances on snl too um out of this season i mean you had and they, 
I don't think I've seen one slouch yet in performances. I mean, every, everyone's, you know, talking about the, uh, oh, what's it, uh, Gary Pumpkins from Tom Hanks mm. when Tom Hanks hosted. But still, I mean, there hasn't been, even the the second half, like after Weekend Update, those have been, seem to be strong. And I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed, I love the Dave Chappelle episode. And that made me go, yeah, we need to see more of him. And apparently Netflix had that same thought with bringing him here. Yeah. I, how much of Dave Chappelle's stand-up have you seen, though, as compared to I, I, Dave Chappelle doing this skits? Saw the last stand-up special, um, the, the one that was on Comedy Central, like right before mm. he, he left, like he, he quit doing the Chappelle show and all that. I think I saw that one, but again, it's, and I mean, it, it's one of those, I, I will say this, I'm not a big fan of Dave Chappelle. I have respect for the guy. I mean, you know, I have respect for anyone who can go out there and do, who, who can, you know, do these, go up there and do stand up and all that stuff. And it just seems like this is smart business on Netflix, you know, in all, in all complete honesty. I mean, killing it with the stand-up stuff to to be honest yeah they they definitely yeah yeah they've definitely been having a lot of stand-up specials the thing i'm really hoping for is that this leads to uh something akin to the Chappelle show coming back again because what he did with the Chappelle show is is why i wanted to talk about this story you know the the very first episode of the Chappelle show features the skit with him being the blind white supremacist and the shots he took at racism in that show. One of my favorite sketches he ever did was the, uh, the race draft when all the races were lined up like the NFL draft and they were taking like, you know, (laughs) tiger woods and, you know, and it was hysterical and he gave it to everybody equally, you know, and I think racial tensions are something that's going to be, you know, very strong in this country for the next couple of years. And so I definitely think his brand of humor is something we're going to need. And hopefully this stand-up special leads to something like that. Cause that's really what I want to see out of this is I want to see more Chappelle show stuff. I want to see more sketch comedy out of Dave Chappelle. No. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, uh, Netflix recently also, I will add, cause this is in the article, Netflix also gave or paid, Chris Rock 40 million for two stand-up specials. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how much they're paying Chappelle essentially for one new stand-up special and then two that he has from from his vault, as right. as they're calling it, making him sound like the Walt Disney of stand-up comedy. How <laughs> <laughs> rich, bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but yeah, I think this is all really going to be interesting, and I I can't wait to see this because, I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense than oh well we'll give you the uh, the movie picture deals like we did with Adam Sandler and uh, I think Kevin James got that same deal. It's like really Kevin Hart that. But yeah, so that's with that story. On the next one, Justice League Dark. It's officially an R-rated DC animated movie. Um, I think this is the second or third 
Um, I don't remember what uh, Assault on Arkham was rated, but that seemed like that might have been rated R2. Um, but and so th- with this, we're getting a new trailer, and um, as in the depicted in the trailer, uh, the Justice League Dark finds the world under attack from supernatural forces that prompt the Justice League's Batman to seek aid from occult investigator John Constantine. Uh, Constantine forms a team of other supernatural heroes, Swamp Thing, Dead Man, Zatanna, and Etrigan the Demon to help save the world. And this is the one that that was uh, brought up because uh, Matt Ryan is reprising his role as Constantine. And the voice cast that they actually have in here is pretty cool. Uh, who's it? Um, Enrico Calatoni from Galaxy Quest and Veronica Mars will play Felix Faust. Alfred Molina, who's in the nerd culture most famously for playing Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, will play Destiny. And um, Arrow's Roger C. Cross will play both Swamp Thing and Jon Stewart. Um, and it, this is really cool. I mean been a big Constantine fan since the TV show was so upset that they canceled that um what like really enjoying the comic books um love the the end of Justice League Dark with the new 52 but yeah I I don't know uh Sean what, what do you what do you think of this um, well, I did just check, and Assault on Arkham was PG-13, so this is only going to be their second foray into it following the killing joke. And, you know, I I was one of those brave souls that went and saw the killing joke in theaters for the, the two-night release, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, first yeah. of all, basically anything Batman I'm going to enjoy. Um, I That's just the way I am. And to hear Kevin Conroy back with... Uh, Mark Hamill, it was that was my Batman growing up was the animated series in the mid 90s. That's what I relate to. So hearing those two together again uh, was really fascinating. And they also did um, a really interesting thing before the movie. They showed a like a vignette about Mark Hamill. And so that goofy song that the Joker sings in The Killing Joke, you actually got to see Mark Hamill standing in front of the microphone singing that song, uh, which was creepy as hell. Um, and then at the end of the movie, they did like a little vignette on um, on the score and the orchestra that did it and the conductor and everything. It was really neat. So I'm hoping that Justice League Dark gives us something like that as well, because I love DC's animated. I've watched every one of the animated uh, movies that they've put out. Um, some are better than others, uh, but definitely I find them to be enjoyable. And I think being able to see it in a theater and being able to get those other pieces that you might only get if you go out and buy the DVDs and, and you know, read the, uh, listen to the commentary or the other uh, features and stuff like that on it. It was really interesting to get to see that in a theatrical setting. So I'm really hoping that that's what they start doing with these. Um, I know critically uh, killing joke wasn't greatly received, um, but it did make the money, you know, people did go out and see it in the movie theaters. So, um, and you know, they definitely have a really good cast for this. I mean, Rosario Dawson's playing Wonder Woman 2, Jerry O'Connell's doing Superman. So, you know, even a few other names in there, it's, it should be interesting. And I don't think that a lot of people who 
are like me who are interested in superheroes, but don't have the, the depth of comic book knowledge that others do might be really interested in this justice league dark because it's probably not something they're very familiar with if you say things like uh swamp thing uh green lantern they're gonna know what you're talking about you say john constantine they might know what you're talking about but then you get into some of the others like zatanna jason blood it's they're not going to be people that the casual comic book fans are going to know. So hopefully there's going to be some intrigue for that too, that they're going to want to say, you know, let me get in there and kind of check this out because I've read a lot of the justice league stuff, but I've never gotten into the justice league dark, Um, you know, but again, right in the front, there's Batman on the cover of this on IMDB. So I'm all in, you know, cause it's got, got the bat. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah. This to me says it's more, along the lines of how Batman Assault on Arkham was, mm-hmm. where it wasn't a Batman movie at all. It was essentially these a Suicide Squad movie. Right. Um, but they used Batman for the marketing. That's what I think they're going to do with this. Um, the only difference being Batman in here is voiced by Jason O'Mara as opposed to uh, Kevin Conroy. So you got the director mm-hmm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. playing Batman in this one as opposed to you know the one that i grew up with especially you know like and you mentioned the the original batman animated series voice um doing the voice yeah but i i still i really think this is gonna be cool i've i i do have that knowledge you know it comes from just like what five six years of reading comics you know since the essentially since the new 52 launched um and they did have you know and swamp thing quickly became a favorite of mine and it's mainly because of of Charles Sewell, Soul, Sule, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, um, writing Swamp Thing for DC before becoming exclusive to Marvel. And just loving how this really cool story that they told that I would love to see as an animated movie. Mm. I think this is what's going to springboard it because I'm, I mean, Swamp Thing, yeah, some older people might know who Swamp Thing is, um, but I don't think the, the younger kids you know, would, would know who Swamp Thing is. Yeah. And all that. So, I mean, it's like you say, you say Batman, okay, yeah, they're going to know him. Constantine, okay, yeah, they might know him. But really, outside of that, it's like, who's Dead Man? Who's Zatanna? Who's, man, you know, they might know some of these guys if they wa- watched on Netflix the, uh, the Justice League shows, but, I mean, that's really mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, just expanding the movie like you're expanding into the the more mystical stuff or the DC animated projects. I'm really excited too, but the thing is that it's already it does make it adult. It could be exploitive in a way that we don't want to. If they go full Negan, uh, I'm not interested in that type of R. Yeah. So it has to fit the purpose of the story and the whole thing is hanging in the balance of not riding the Deadpool R-rated wave. Because the yeah. joke could have been and not R-rated and leave out a part that made it R-rated that wouldn't have changed the story at all. Right. That's the thing that was criticized, and I respect that because I felt it was exploitative, not necessarily in a good way, but there it is. Sometimes uh, superhero needs to have some boner time. And uh, no, yeah, definitely. And 
I just have a yeah, problem about writing. Because uh, yeah, I hope... I do, Go ahead. Sorry. I do think that, one, Hangout lag sucks. But I do think that it's interesting because this is... It is R-rated for violence. So it, it could... Historic it will definitely violence. be one of those... Yeah, it, it'll be one of those where I do think it is because I always relate to animated movies on how they would be for families because, you know, I've I know people who their kids really love comic book characters, really love. And they're like four or five years old. And it's like, OK, go watch these movies or go show them these movies, except for Assault on Narcom and The Killing Joke. And and I want to say Justice League Dark might be one, but watch it first. Um sort of deal because the violence i think is a little bit easier to explain um away than mommy why is constantine and zatanna wrestling or you know something like that like yeah like they'd have to do yeah and i but i think there's a place for the adult stuff and for the kids stuff i mean it's like when deadpool came out and you know parents were complaining oh it's a superhero movie it shouldn't be rated r and it's like yeah but you've got so many others that aren't rated r and if you're picking on this particular one it's because you don't understand what deadpool is but even if you you know even if you're just looking superficially and saying it's a superhero movie therefore it should be for the kids well no not necessarily you can have the superhero movies that are for the kids and we've got plenty of them but we can also have these other ones that are grittier now i don't want to take every superhero movie and make it like that so the kids don't have guardians of the galaxy and they don't have have, you know iron man and things like that i mean i i like the fact that we can have both and i think that this is kind of the dc animated's version of having both you, you know hopefully they're not going to turn around and say okay after killing joke made this much money and justice league dark makes this much all of our animated features are going to be r going forward that i think would be problematic but just having yeah. one or two every now and then that you just have to look at them and say well no these aren't for the kids these are for the adults you know um it's like when we have game night at my house i have a six-year-old we play lots of games that the six-year-old can play with us and then we play cards against humanity when he goes to bed you know it's like yeah. we don't do that in front of <laughs> the six-year-old um and it's the same way with this stuff you just you have to realize that not everything in this world is going to be appropriate for your kids and you have to take responsibility as a parent to know what is and what isn't and this clearly probably isn't you know at least not for that young you know my 14 year old even though it's rated r if it's rated r for violence and things like that i'd probably be okay with him watching it um the six-year-old no you know, but I think that's, you know, my right as a parent to try and make that decision. No, yeah, definitely. And the whole thing is demeaning to comic book readers that you say it's for kids, so it has to fit for them. No, superheroes have death. They have adult themes <clears> in, a, in a format that looks for like for kids, but they ever always, they tried some artists at least to set the bar high. So, yeah. But I mean, for, let's, 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 not, let's, let's not forget here that uh, Glenn Rubenstein, former you know the guy who created this show essentially um pointed out a long time ago that the a or the alias series featured jessica jones getting essentially butt raped by a mind-controlled luke cage 
Now you're going to tell me that book is for kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's my argument, is there are stories in there. The Killing Joke is another great story that adults will read. But, and I even had this at work where a kid just wrote, like a, a grandma was shopping for her granddaughter's uh, wish list, and she's like, comic books. I'm like, oh, sweet, I can answer these questions. And I'm like, smile, I've never heard of this book, smile. And I'm like, might have had it wrong. I'm like, smile. And I'm like, oh, fuck. She wanted the killing joke. How old's your granddaughter? Six. Um, I don't think this is the book she wants, but I don't know. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Let me check one more spot. And thankfully, she wasn't referring to killing joke. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think you could get that book for her because there's a scene there where it's alluded that the bad guy, the guy on the cover, uh, rapes a girl. And then... Um, and some other bad things like that. So, yeah, I don't know if we're going to call that a kid's book. That's the problem I have with people who, who put these these generalizations on things. Yeah. I mean, Walking Dead would be a kid's TV show then. Yeah. Which my six-year-old does watch and loves, but that's my choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not every six-year-old is going to be okay with that. <laughs> yes. Now, I will say my six-year-old does not sit and watch that by himself. He watches it with me so that I can explain things. So, so yeah. one thing, a side note that is interesting that they introduced Constantine again because they did it with Keanu Reeves, Warner Brothers. They tried it again with NBC. They put it in, in CW. And now they're back in animated mm -hmm. movies. So I hope they try to make him the Doctor Strange of DC because I love the character, and he could be that character, maybe a movie? Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, could yeah, be. It's definitely, I mean, with, with, I was definitely one of the people who was like, all right, yes, they got the TVC, or the series of Constantine over on CW Seed. Maybe it'll get pulled in with the Arrowverse, and he'd get his own spinoff. Damn it, he's English. He's going to get deported. We need to get him a show here in America. Come on. <laughs> get him a work piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so our final story is that Legendary lands the film and television rights to Frank Herbert's Dune. And this, uh, is it, I'm assuming this is the first paragraph, but Legendary has definitely done the damn difficult in acquiring the rights to Frank Herbert's uh, venerated science fiction classic, Doom the geek-centric movie uh, studio behind blockbuster spectacles like Pacific Rim, or Pacific Rim, Godzilla, and Warcraft has came with the Frank Herbert estate for the film and television motion, pic motion picture rights to the beloved novel, um, which has earned a reputation as one of the most sought-after and difficult-to-acquire sci-fi properties of all time. This is freaking cool. I mean, I, I love seeing this to where... I'll sum up this way. I'm very much in the same mind of Scott Johnson, where like because I watched on last week's episode of Forecast or not Forecast, uh, Current Geek, where he was talking about in their Forecast segment about educating the younger kids on the great stuff that happened in the past. I mean, so you don't get moments where, to use a, a horrible and cliched answer you don't have kids going oh don't spoil the movie titanic i haven't seen the ending <laughs> that's fucking history kid <laughs> sort of deal and but it's where we don't have stuff like that like where they forget about these great things these great movies 
that happened or books that happened 40, 50 years before they were even born. And so to see yeah. this, I'm excited for this, even though I haven't read the book. Books. Yeah. Books. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think that's important. I, I've never read the books, and I haven't seen this movie in probably 20 years. But um, And here you go. I'm going to do a little shameless self-promotion here for my network. Um, we've got a show with Blazing Caribou called Geek Cinema Society that goes back and looks at these influential geek movies and one of the segments that they always talk about is how did this movie influence other movies and other TV shows and things we're seeing today? And I think that's really an important part when we talk about these older books and older movies, because without Dune, do we have, you know, the Dune books and stuff like that? I know the movie came after, but without the Dune books, do we have things like Star Wars? You know, do we have, you know, without star trek do we have star wars do we have you know firefly do we you know so all of these things are connected and built on one another even if not directly at least they come from a similar pedigree um and so it's i think it's kind of important that like you were saying that that the younger kids get to see these older works and be able to say this is important because without x we don't have y you know without the flintstones we don't have the Simpsons, you know, or Family Guy or any of those other things. And without the Simpsons and Family Guy, you don't have things like Archer and, and you know, things like that. So I, I do agree with you that I think it's really important that kids understand and not just kids, but younger adults and even adults who are getting into the geekier stuff later in life. Because let's admit it, when when I was 15 to 20 this stuff wasn't cool you weren't allowed to be this nerdy you know um whereas now as a 41 year old this all this stuff is all cool so there's a lot of people my age who are now starting to go backwards and embrace this stuff so having things like this that you can take these older stories and modernize them for a newer audience and still give them the sense of this is where this stuff came from originally. And these are what we owe our cultural zeitgeist to. I think you're right. It's really important. Yeah. Well, as a resident Dune book reader and movie watcher, uh, I'm very excited. And it's legendary that does it. That makes me think, okay, they're going to go for the geeky way because they did Matrix. They did Warcraft. They did the ninja movie and other stuff they they go full on in if they're honing in to something they don't care about, about its popularity they go for convince uh, convey the idea that the material had and uh, the books the first one was mostly read by many friends i had and then they gave up because they didn't know that the second uh, the following up books made it a much bigger epic than it already was. And uh, Star Wars compar comparison makes sense, I understand, but it's a, I would call it high concept science fiction, real hard sci-fi, because Frank Herbert did a lot of uh, detailed work in the how planetary systems have to be uh, 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 provided with goods and other things, how lineage works over thousands of years and got a perspective that none other material had and uh, there was a documentary, Khodorovsky's Dune, that was a Chilean crazy guy that uh, made some great comics as well. And uh, he tried to get Dali 
Giger. Uh, he had, oh shit, I'm thinking out of other names, but he had the greatest artist of the time was ready to do, and he had made a book, this fake more, that had drawings, concepts, arts, and so on, and it made the runs in Hollywood because it got, uh, didn't get filmed. That many people, including George Lucas, got a page of this and got the idea out of it because when you see the documentary, you see almost every science fiction movie ripping off or paying homage to that book. And <laughs> you can go there and get a taste for it and then decide if you're into the Dune world, into not going reading six books that are this fake. So there's that. And there's the sci fi miniseries that was done that had. <sighs> terrible CGI that threw me out but when I rewatched it it was okay because it was more to, uh, to, like the book uh, the David Lynch movie had some liberties and they changed the whole narration so if you're into going more visual and you don't like uh, the, watching documentaries then watch the miniseries from Dune that's my, my suggestion nice well that is it for the news Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's, what is that exactly? You know, Superman is an extraterrestrial, so you may hear us talk about him on the Alien Invasion podcast. Hey, it's Dave Nelson inviting you to join myself, Brad Ludwig, and Anessa Moyens for our weekly discussion about all things not of this earth, whether they be gray or green creatures from fiction, the latest stories from the world of science regarding the real possibility of life out there somewhere, or the claim from somebody saying they're already among us. We'll talk about it. You'll hear three stories from the week's news, a featured sighting, and our entertainment picks or warnings rated on a scale of one to five flying saucers, of course. All of it and more every week on the Alien Invasion podcast, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows. Find us at gncasts.com aliens or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And we are back, and it is time for nerding out. And this is the part where where we have each picked a thing that we are going to talk about. And Sean, I am very interested to hear. Like, I didn't even think that th- when I saw it in the doc that it, this was the band Kansas, but I'm like, wait, what? What is Kansas the Prelude? Uh-huh. I'm like, wait, what is this? So, Sean, tell me about the the the, the Prelude Implicit. I, I chose this because, you know, progressive rock is the nerdy rock anyway. So, and if you're younger and you're listening to this and you listen to progressive rock right now, Kansas is one of the legacy bands of progressive rock. Like, you would know them from Dust in the Wind and you would know them from Carry On Wayward Son, especially if you watch Supernatural. Uh, but Kansas had so much more. And if you go back to like some of their earlier albums, they had really layered symphonic type rock music. And, um, you know, this is a band that came out originally, their first album, I think was 74. Um, Their lead singer, Steve Walsh, retired about two years ago. He had been having vocal problems for a while um, and he decided to retire. They replaced him uh, with a new singer and, put out a new album um which is their first album in something like 15 or 16 years uh and it is really uh wonderful you know the they brought back the the more 
in-depth violin that they used to have back um, when Robbie Steinhardt was in the band. They've uh, brought back, they've got a lot of uh, hard rock, you know, uh, pieces in there. They've got the orchestral pieces in there. This sounds like a Kansas album from the late seventies, probably, mm-hmm. uh, which is what, yeah, which is when they were in their heyday. You know, that was Left Overture with Carry On Wayward Son and Point of No Return with Dust in the Wind. I mean, this was their time, you know, for that band. And, and this album really does a fantastic job of hearkening back to that. And it's a beautiful album to listen to with your headphones on and just absorb all of the music, all of the background music, the orchestrations, the the layering of the different keyboard lines that they're doing. Um, you know, so if you're into progressive rock, you're into orchestral rock or anything, go and check this out. And I would even say go further back and check out a lot of Kansas's old stuff because, um, you know, this is one of my favorite bands. I've seen them live 10 times. Um, so I've just haven't seen the new lineup yet. I'm just waiting. So that'll probably be my 11th and baby final time of getting to see them. But they were one of the first concerts I went to as a teenager, even though I was born about 10 years too late for their, you know, their heyday of music and everything. But growing up, I shared a room with my brother who was 10 years older than me. So it was listen to Kansas sticks, foreigner queen, or go to sleep really fast because when we went to bed, that's what was playing. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think overall it's a, uh, it's a great album. The new lead singer sounds enough like their old lead singer that it's not jarring, but it's not, like when I listen to the new journey stuff, I almost have a little bit of trouble because the guy sounds so much like Steve Perry with this. The guy doesn't sound exactly like Steve Walsh, but he's got the same like vocal range and things. So I, they're able to pull off a lot of the same uh, types of songs. So uh, I think the guy was a really good choice for it. And uh, you know, I can't wait to hopefully this summer they'll come back around here. So. No, yeah, it's, that's cool. Um, I think I want to say this is the first music thing we had on here. So about time. Oh, but awesome. it's nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I I could be wrong. Uh, Beat will probably yell at me later. Like, oh, no. dude, we covered it a while back. Ago. I was worried. Yeah, to wait. But no, yeah, Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you beat Christy Cates to this too. I mean, which is great because we have Christy coming on in uh, a couple weeks. So what? cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. No, that's that's really cool. Um, I have the respect for Kansas because this goes, you know, like like you, you were ten years later. I was twenty or so years later. I will say that as to not make you feel incredibly old. Um, that's, I have kids that make me feel incredibly old. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, it's one of those things that like my uncle grew up listening to. Or, or he 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 had he was listening to that because that was the rock radio station in here in Michigan that played you know them like played all that all the bands you just said there plus you know Metallica Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. ACDC and all that stuff and actually still do play all those guys and I'm like at a certain point they're gonna have to change their name to Classic Rock yeah <laughs> yeah it is it is kind of 
sad though when some of the stuff that you grew up listening to suddenly shows up on the classic rock channel like like all of a sudden like not so much early youtube but like youtube joshua tree starts getting played there and you're like oh no that's not right <laughs> but, but i think we have to thank supernatural because there's so many generations that were exposed to it because of of, of um, yeah um, mm-hmm. or, or and even rock band i mean rock band and guitar hero they had oh yeah, yeah. they had a, a lot of these that's where you know, like I, I can't hear um, uh, ba- like stuff from like uh, uh, Beastie Boys or uh, the White Stripes without thinking of the Guitar Hero progressions. Mm. Um, and granted, I only did on medium because it was four buttons; didn't have to get the fifth one involved. But it's just sitting there going, you know, it's like Seven Nation Army on that and just doing okay, doing pretty good. Because um, I wasn't yeah. going for punishments. Like, Let's do expert with Dragon Force. Like, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah that was an interesting game from a musical standpoint because like playing it with my kids you know all of a sudden i've got my kids listening to uh you know squeeze because cool for cats is on there um but at the same time i like never knew who modest mouse was until i started playing those and i thought wow these guys are pretty good and you know paramore and some of those other bands i kind of discovered by being an older person playing with their kids so that was kind of a cool uh cool game that they had there no, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I, I would do mine in the beat has a mini mini one because mine's sort of related because of the the music that they have on here, and mine is the series premiere of the Grand Tour. This is Amazon's um, original show that is starring the old Top Gear guys, uh, Jeremy Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond, and the first episode. Holy crap! And um, I do echo some of the things that Tom Merritt may have said on Chord Killers, This because uh, I watched that before coming on here. Like, yeah, the opening cinematic was a little bit like a middle finger to the BBC. But, oh, well, get over it. Um, there, there was surprisingly a lot of comedy. Well, not surprisingly, but it, there was more late night talk show comedy in here than there was with the old stuff. Um so they had like the two bits, the first the first one as they're in the their new roving studio. Um and they're like and they, they did the, they filmed the first episode out in California and they're like, All right, so here here what, what do you call that thing that you shift, you know, in a manual car? And so they're like, A lever, it's like a stick. No, it's not a stick. This is a stick. And he holds up a he holds up a stick. And it's used you can't use it to shift a car. You could use it to point to things. Like, for instance, what do you call this? And it's a picture of what we call a hood. And they're like, hood. And some of them are catching on, like, bonnet. It's like, no, it's a bonnet. Like, someone else, bonnets are what you put on your head. It Words can have two meanings. They can have multiple meanings. And it's <laughs> great stuff. Like, I always love doing that, like, hearing that, like, oh, how we're, we're wrong. It's not like we're, like, oh, we're just Americans. It's like, no, we're wrong in how we say our things. Um yeah. Or for like, the Royal Air Force skit, yeah. <laughs> um, but the the one thing I will say that I, w- I will honestly recommend is watching this with the uh, Amazon X-ray, um, because you get the best experience with that. You get, um, you get the the stats, like the extra stats on um on your 
like on the car that they're talking about like this one the first episode's called the holy trinity and they have the extra stats on you know the uh, mclaren p1 and the uh the ferrari la ferrari and you know all these cars and i'm like oh yeah that's great because it makes it to where they don't have to sit there and explain every single fact you know it's like oh because it would get a little boring at the same time like and it goes zero to 60 in three seconds and you know stuff like that it's just stuff that they can throw in and also when they have these big adventures or you know like the opening where they show off every like all these cars including cars that were used in the fast and furious franchise and stuff like that and also pointed out that uh they did some corrections to the uh firing resume of richard hammond and james may because they had also been fired from other places too. But I was surprised to hear that Jeremy Clarkson had never been fired. I'm like, wait, really? Come on. He had to have been fired at some point. I'm like, nope. Surprisingly, this is true. I'm like, sweet. Um, I enjoyed the bits that they had with uh, these celebrities, with Jeremy Renner, uh, Army Hammer, and uh, 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 Carol Vorderman. I couldn't think of her first name. Um, I, I sort of want to see them actually do the 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 game thing and not this just be a recurring bit throughout the whole throughout the whole thing just because I don't think that would really that I think that would get old really quick um and I could see I could see them like this it's for the most part it is the old top gear you know it is what I think what a lot of people were missing from the Matt LeBlanc and uh, Chris Harris hosted Top Gear. But I th- I do think they have some room to grow. Um, I love the their quote-unquote new Stig, who is, uh, um, oh, I can't think of his actual name. It's uh, Mike uh, something, a uh, NASCAR driver, who they just call the American. And I'm like, this is great. This is just awesome. Him going, this is communist. I don't like this. This is just <laughs> all these real Southern <laughs> sayings. And I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, this, I truly enjoyed the show. I watched it on Friday and Saturday. Like I, I rewatched it again, just, just because, and so great to see these guys back. And so, it's in a UHD. So if you're on Amazon, you get a brilliant quality. If you have such a TV, it's one thing to watch out for. Yeah, yeah. That's if you do if you do have the 4K ultra high definition, check it out on there because oh, the cars look so pretty. Jeremy Clarkson, <laughs> as much as you could, he looks as good as you can make a shaved monkey in a suit. Or what did they call him? <laughs> a shaved orangutan in a suit. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I mean that is my recommendation. We will have links to both the uh, the Kansas where to pick up the album and the Grand Tour in our show doc. Beat you got a mini a, a mini nerding out for us. Yeah, because you talked about the rock band and uh, Kansas. There's a game out now that or is out for some year, years now. There's Rocksmith, where you get a cable that you can check into a real guitar or bass and play along and learn actually play, learn the basics learn the higher skills and you got muse and other 
Kansas stuff that blows your brain. So that, that's something that when you are a gamer and a musician and want to combine both, there you go. That's my mini suggestion, my mini nerding out. Have you used that beat? Because I've looked at it a lot of times and it really does work. I bought it for the Xbox in the first edition, then 2014 on Steam. And they have the sales tomorrow, the 24th start is uh, autumn Steam sale. So you could pick it up for various DLCs to go along with. And when you're not sure, you can watch the on Twitch, they have the USB, uh, Ubisoft Studios uh, San Francisco. They do a live stream, which each DLC they come out, they play it with great musicians and developers that do it. And so you get a, a taste of it. If you're not sure, just watch the stream, you will fall, fall in love with it. Excellent. Nice. That was one that I thought, I'm like, wait, that still is a thing? Oh, yeah. Like, I honestly thought that because I had heard about it a while back ago with when Rock, when rock Band and Guitar Hero were so huge. Mm. I, I recommended like, it to Ayas back in 2012 when I was at the Twitter, and uh, he fell for it as well. Yeah. And then it's like, I saw it at work the other, like, about a month ago, like, right when I started working, someone asked me, I'm like, does that thing still exist? Like, Rocksmith, <laughs> why? I thought that flopped. But no, I it, mean, it, if it's still doing well, hey, great. Because that's the one thing that I always, with playing rock band at my church when I was in the youth room, um, it was one thing to see that you had the actual musicians had to re, had to re adjust themselves to playing, mm-hmm. especially if we're doing like a head-to-head thing. And they're like, wait, hold up. Uh, like because they're wanting to move their hand their hands down the neck you know i'm just sitting there you know just hitting all the notes and stuff and just royally messing up like come on man knock it off knock it off i'm like learn quicker <laughs> yeah my not for sure the cable itself is usable for any uh audio app you have so you could pl- plug it in it's like 40 bucks or something like that then you have uh direct uh audio cutting degraded in it cool Nice. All right, that is nerding out. Does the sound of the TARDIS get you all excited? Are you a fan of the longest running science fiction show? Then for all your news and gossip, check out Who Knew and Review. We're a podcast by Galactic Netcasts. You can find us at gncasts.com slash TARDIS Each week we will run through a collection of stories from around the Hooniverse itself at gncasts.com slash TARDIS Alright, and we are back and it is our discussion topic and we are talking the uh sean actually cheated a little bit and had two ner- uh two nerding outs which is cool it's cool i've <laughs> m- I'd many times come in with like fifty thousand things and then narrow it down to like two or three um and we did th- we actually did this last year with our guests where we talked about the dc tv shows um and i think what better time to do this than the week before the the crossover event um and so are you so first off let's set let's set this up Sean, are you watching all the DC TV shows or are you like me and not watching Gotham? Okay, so I am 
all caught up on Legends and Flash and Arrow. I'm a couple episodes behind Supergirl, and mm-hmm. I just I stopped watching Gotham about halfway through last season, but I went back and finished it on Netflix and I have everything from this season on my DVR. So I will be caught up on Gotham by Christmas. Um, So, you know, yes and no. (laughs) It gets better. It's it's worth it. That's one thing I uh, spoke so bad about it, but yes, they they recuperated. Yeah. And and that's the thing that show, you know, it's like some shows are hit or miss that one. It's like episode by episode, it's hit or miss with, uh, with Gotham, either some episodes are really good or some episodes just, you watch it and you go, that didn't do anything to advance anything, you know? (laughs) Um, so I, I, but this, I'll tell you the stuff on CW, if you had told me even three years ago, that I would be watching something on CW every night of the week. Cause I also love crazy ex-girlfriend. If you mm-hmm. were to tell me that, that I was going to be watching something on CW every night, I would have told you you were smoking crack because I'm not a 19 year old girl, <laughs> but man, they have been just knocking it out of the park. And, and for me, it's everything starts with legends. I love that show the the concepts of it the humor in it um one of my favorite characters of all time is jonah hex and seeing him pop up a couple times on that show has been a lot of fun even though this last time they took some real liberties with his backstory but uh we're not i guess we don't need to go there but um but yeah that's that's where i am on the dc stuff i i watch it watch it all basically and um love it to varying degrees uh so no yeah that's i mean that's cool because i mean i fell out and i tried the first episode of season two of gotham um going because dave's like oh my gosh you you gotta you gotta like the show you i think you really really like it and dave you dave knows my knows my sensibilities knows how i am um and so i trusted him and i'm like all right watch it i'm like yeah not sold and it's bad because i like the actors i like the people involved in the show i mean it's 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 a little weird that the uh uh, cameron monaghan the actor who plays jerome that was my first encounter with him i hadn't seen shameless until after gotham and i'm like wait isn't that the dude who plays the, the the like jerome and he's still doing double duty and i'm like holy crap dude how are you doing double duty on shameless and gotham i mean how how busy are you everything became instantly better when more and bakreen showed up she's a goddess well yeah but even that couldn't that didn't save it for me yes it did fuck you it did for me for me not for you for me it didn't save it wait uh, how is deadpool's how is Deadpool's girlfriend the medical examiner in Gotham? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because she's the wife of the of Jim Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, like it, it is like you said. Like, if you would have said, like, same thing with me. If you would have said, "Hey, you're going to be watching, you know, something from the CW." every single week and it's not gonna be girly 
because yeah. I would have been like, wait, really? Are you sure about that? But Remember some years back when I asked you, CW is doing the, the stuff right. You think it's going to be more exciting and stuff like that. And CW, are you fucking kidding me? No way. No, uh, yeah. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> well, no, because I was watching Supernatural, so yeah, but yeah. Yeah, because a lot of it is like even now, like I'm I'm watching the uh, let me see, I'm watching uh, the DC stuff, the the superhero shows, plus Jane the Virgin, No Tomorrow, um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and then I think that's it out of the shows. Um, is is Frequency on there? Yeah, frequencies on there, but I'm like, eh, the movie was okay. I, yeah, such a loose concept for a show that I could, I, I don't see, like it could be, yeah, it could be popular yeah. right now, but I, I don't see longevity out of that show. Yeah, that's one. I, Go ahead. I was just gonna say that's one I'm thinking I'm gonna wait till it's on Netflix to binge because I'm too unsure of where that show is going. So, the yeah. hundred is on the CW, isn't it? Yeah, but the hundred is on usually during the summer. Like they well, get... I heard some people I trust also talking good stuff about this. They think there's the best show on CW even. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I've heard a lot right, of good things about the hundred. Yeah. Right now it's like so we're in the middle of the DC superheroes. Um you know, they're they're the arrowverse of shows and I'm slowly starting to see how we're leading up to the uh, the crossover, which is cool. Um, actually, Sean, I will ask you this question though: How do you feel knowing that your Thursdays will be freed up once uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow moves over to Tuesday? Oh, well, I didn't know that was happening. So <laughs> because uh, it's it's happening because the show uh, no tomorrow which is pretty clever um if you've seen the show gallivant the lead in there is in here oh okay um yeah and it's it's clever it's got a good premise it's um it's it's quirky like 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 crazy ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. but not not crazy ex-girlfriend at the same time i mean there's <laughs> that's a different level yeah <laughs> um but I guess the viewers are just aren't there for the show. So it's probably looking like it's not going to get renewed. So mm. it's so Legends is going to get moved over. But that but then it's only like that from what the article I read, it's not gonna be for very long. Sort of thing. Because it's I, I mean, I zombie coming in. Yeah, I don't like them moving shows around, I think, but here's the other part of that in this EVRs, how many of these shows are we really watching live? Because I'll be honest, I don't watch um, any of the DC superhero shows live. I don't like even on Sunday nights when I watch Walking Dead, I technically don't watch it live because I wait till about nine to start the recording so I can skip the commercials. Um, You know, so I just I don't do live television anymore unless it's sports or news it's about the only thing i watch live 
Um, so it's really not going to affect me too much that it moves to Tuesday. Hopefully it doesn't have a negative impact on the audience is the only thing I would worry about. But um, I think yeah. Legends is is pretty solid right now. So I don't think like their numbers are good for the CW. They're in line with the other superhero shows. So And right now that's where CW is making its bread and butter. So I don't really like worry about it you know, this being the kiss of death or something being moved around like other shows I would worry about, but you know, I, I think it's fine. And, and maybe it picks up Tuesday nights, what flash. So maybe it picks up some of the people yeah. who were watching flash and haven't watched legends and brings them back over when it moves to Thursdays again. But I, I mean, I think the setup right now of, of having one a night really is kind of, because it doesn't, it spreads them out without overdoing it, you know? Yeah. And it, it does make sense. Because even, like, honestly, what I would love to see is uh, you pick up, since iZombie is technically a comic book TV show, mm -hmm. it's not in that same that same universe, I would love to see fu a full season order of both Legends and iZombie, and then you throw iZombie in on that Friday night slot, especially with um, Vampire Diaries getting canceled. Right, yeah, because that one's coming off, yeah yeah and like because this is the thing is like i heard with uh because we sometimes do the the fall or the fall tv previews and we'll be like all right cw has a lot of shows that have both gotten renewed and have gotten um and they're new how they only know they have so much time in a week right like are they gonna do saturdays <laughs> how are they gonna do all these shows <laughs> um but yeah so getting to the article that will be in there um this is the beach showing right now from collider we have the Fortnite uh crossover event uh to to happen next week spoiler warning yeah there is spoiler some spoiler warnings here um in that article what i will say is i'm excited for this and what i want this to do which i don't excuse me i don't think is going to happen is to link Supergirl in better with the uh with the rest of the Arrowverse. I mean, I've mm. I've seen reports that I think were more rumors that uh Martin Stein will be in or will be staying over in with Supergirl for a little bit and stuff like that after this, but I just want to see like this this more fluidity to where we get this uh, like truer to comic books where Oh well, we need, uh, we need vibe over on Supergirl. Okay, well, there it is. There you go. Or we need, you know, these minor little crossovers that they can do, um, like they did with Felicity after Flashpoint, and all that, because it would make sense. It would make more sense, especially since you're, you did all this advertising of Supergirl being on the CW, doing the Superhero Fight Club 2.0, and yet she's in her own little bubble. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice to see them be able to marry everything together. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it's it would be nice to have them all on the same universe. Although, with I mean, Flash has already shown up on Supergirl, so it's already been proven that he can bounce back and forth between them. Um, so, I mean, I guess there's still ways to play with that. I mean, if they needed viable and Supergirl, they could always just, you know, have uh, Barry Allen run him over there. Um, you know, so there's, I guess there's ways around it, but yeah, it would, it would be better to have it more seamless. I just, 
I don't know. I'm this because this harkens back to a time when we had five-part miniseries television. Like if um, if you remember, maybe not. You guys might be a little bit too young to quite remember, but the show V in the '80s when it first started was a five-part miniseries, which then became a um, full-blown television show and then ended with another five-part miniseries. Um, you know, you had the North and the South, you had Shogun, you had uh, all these miniseries television that came out. And and that's essentially what we're getting out of this is one long five-hour story, because I guess it's in five parts, it's going to loop back around to one of them, um, is my understanding of, I guess it starts on Flash and ends on Flash. Uh, is the way that I understand it. So it's, um, you know, this, that's basically what we're getting back to is mini series television with this. So I'm kind of excited to see if this kind of thing is successful, how much more of it we'll get um, from these shows that have these shared universes like that. I think there's a logistical question that is in the room because if you have them crossing over each time, they want to have their the pay cut so uh, that could be limiting to the amount of episodes they can do that as you say but, but mm -hmm. i'm all in of course but to be to that point you've already seen wentworth miller uh i'm blanking on the actor who plays martin stein um, victor victor garber garber um uh, who else uh john barrowman like you've seen all these people uh damien dark i can't think of his name either uh N neil oh god fuck uh like damien dark. Neil? yeah neil mcdonough um they're all on contracts for the arrowverse right not for one show so that's what i think we're going to see more of that we already up. have in Legends, so he shows up all the time, Damon Dark, so... Yeah, I'm but just his contract main... is... But their contracts are more for... In this universe, it's more just a general contract for the shows. We assume. I, uh, co the contracts, how they are done, that's the thing for Hollywood, so we wouldn't know exactly what yeah. is done. But uh, how, how... I'm not a person in a pity Brandon Ralph seeing all the other people getting the Superman role because he was pretty good. I, I'm not a fan of, yeah. of the movie, I would say, but it was, yeah, it was better than me yeah. afterwards. I, I like, I like the, the guy that they had for, um, that they got for Supergirl for Superman on Supergirl. I would love, I, I don't, I know it's not going to happen, but I would love for like next year's crossover for them to have a moment, just this little tongue in cheek moment of the Adam meeting Superman. And be like, mm. hmm. Or, you, you look nice you suit. Look. <laughs> or, or an Earth, Earth uh, what's our number? This dimension. Uh, it's Earth 200. I think that um, our universe has a definite number in one of the comics, but saying, imagine they go there for a moment. Earth 9. And then we see him as Superman, just as a moment, because he hasn't, <laughs> his powers, he has to have a suit and that thing, and he meets a version of himself that is Superman. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, the, the question is, does that make Ray Palmer very happy or does that throw him into a horrible, unfixable depression on Legends to see that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know because right now, right now with how we we have him in Legends, he's yeah. <laughs> he's still trying to get over the fact that they had to blow up his suit. Yeah. Oh, now, um, I will say right from the start, I, seeing Brandon Routh as Ray Palmer in the Atom, just the the character itself just smacked of Superman. The the innocence, the Boy Scout, you know. Um. So it was, you know, I. I've always seen a little bit of Superman in this character of Ray Palmer. So seeing him actually do Superman kind of in a wink and a nod thing, I, I think would actually be really cool. No. Yeah, definitely. And like, I'm looking through on the Collider article. Um, and I think it starts with Supergirl because we mentioned earlier that I, I think it's just four parts. So it's just the week starting with Supergirl oh, ending, okay. with, ending with legends. Um, but the other thing I noticed that I loved is a some promo work for each of the posters um, where you see an image in the background, I think was the hall of justice. If my nerd knowledge is not, is correct there, um, which was pretty cool. But then I would also say to, to back up why I want Supergirl more involved with, you know, flash and arrow and legends is Look back at the Flash and Supergirl crossover. Um, how lighthearted that show was. That Someone episode was in particular. I mean, we were missing music numbers for it to be an episode of Glee. And that's coming. <laughs> and, that's coming and I'm ready yeah. for it, man. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that to see it because of the fact that you have Supergirl, very a lighthearted character. You have uh, you have the Flash, lighthearted character, and I, and Corey's even said it. You know, you got shows like Arrow where it's super dark, super gritty, and which is fine and, and good. And you know, Legends is all over the place, which is good because I mean they can be whatever they want to be that week. And then you have the flash which is a little bit more lighthearted but has been going darker with its stories so it's like we get supergirl in here and we have lightheartedness again like that's why i want to see see this actually integrated here but it won't be arrow feeling like uh, hawkeye all these people <laughs> flying around having powers and see I got an arrow. Okay. Yeah, wait here. <laughs> no, it was, could be a mismatch, but he showed how he can keep up with the Flash and the other people. So I was just kidding about that. But uh, let me add fuel to the fire. How would you rank the shows? Which one from best to worst or not the best? Just the four CW Sean. shows, or are we adding Gotham no, too? No, 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 no. Well, okay. Just the straight up four. Yes. Gotham one's at the bottom for me, so th that's how yeah, I would, is the color. Okay. For me personally, it's Legends of Tomorrow is at the top. Flash is second. 
Arrow's third and Supergirl's fourth. But I'll be honest, the difference between first and fourth isn't that much. Well, all right, maybe I should say the difference between second and fourth isn't that much for me. Legends is a clear first for me. Um, the other three are, are somewhat interchangeable, but right now I feel like it would be Flash, Arrow, and then Supergirl. Same here. Yeah. I, th I think I'd have to differ on that with, I would probably put, with All Mine being really, really close together, Um, you would have, I'd probably go Flash, then Legends, then Supergirl, then Arrow for me. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, it, but again, it's all really close. Like, yeah. like, if, it, if this was the Olympics, it would be a four-way tie for first. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like great pizza, really great pizza, kind of great pizza. It's all great pizza, you know. But so nobody's really going to argue which one's going to be first, second, or third. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can put them in any order, and, and the rest of us are probably going to sit there and go, "Yeah, okay, I'll give you that." <laughs> you know, but we all have our own personal taste. And then Gotham for me is cheese pizza. Oh, Gotham's a I salad. No, but the uh, the the thing is, Legends really had the the highest peak. They, they were the innocent show, and they had that what the Flash before it was clearly Flash for a long time, and suddenly Arrow got a little bit lighthearted and on the better side. No Lara, uh, no Lance, uh, no Lara, and uh, the Flash with the Flashpoint. Oh, I hope they can come back from that because it was too early. Mm, yeah, my opinion, but that's just me. It was too early and it was too small. I mean, Flashpoint should have been the crossover, this big crossover event where we get, you know, maybe not these characters as themselves as we know them on the TV shows, but, you know, the alternate, this Flashpoint universe uh, version of themselves, you know, where we have, I mean, how they've been putting Arrow in the Batman version all this time where we don't have an oliver queen we have we have robert queen as green arrow because his son died mm. when they were straight on the island for a five-year journey you know i could easily see something like that as opposed to sorry i, I had another thought i'm like no that's too much like batman like we're just basically <laughs> making green arrow batman here well and here's the thing I think too with legends that that kind of separates them is they can be more lighthearted, but they they have a story that lends itself to characters coming in and out of it and being like to be able to change up the team each year. Um, and they have with the time travel, they have the best ability to integrate other DC characters like Jonah Hex, like the Justice Society of America. We're getting a much broader, you know, viewpoint because they can travel around. Like it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for them to show up in Gotham in one episode. Now, whether or not they come across Batman or not, but you know. Arrow takes place in its own city. Supergirl takes place in its own city. Flash takes place in its own city. Legends can go wherever, whenever, and whoever they want. You know, so that to me just gives it a much bigger, more epic, more, you know, throw caution to the wind and let's have some fun with it kind of uh, kind of stuff to it. Yeah. So that 
And they got rid of the lame ass villain they had in the first season. That was really, uh, I even forgot his name. It's that much out of my memory, but he was the weak point of the show. Uh, Rip Hunter, the captain? No, no, the, the villain. Uh, the, oh, right. Um, the, yeah. Randall Savage. Randall Savage. Yeah. And that, that yeah, was, Vandal, that was. You saw the, the going up in quality and everything. Not that he's a bad actor. He got what he was uh, handed uh, scripts, but yeah. Mm. And you think, uh, or I say so, you're going to see Crisis on Infinite Earth first on CW, then we will see it on the big screen. I could see it happening that way, yeah. Yeah. I with the imagery when Superman holds Supergirl in the UA. Yeah, in in episode two of Supergirl for the second season. Um, but no, CW's actually started to nail that. Like, Walking Dead, I think, is one of the first that I've seen where they would do these moments where it's like, all right, we just took this out of out of the, the panel or the cover from the comic book and made it real life. Um, but C- DC Comics and C- the CW have more iconic imagery that they could pull from. Like, I'm honestly waiting for, and wouldn't have been surprised if we saw uh, Tyler Hoechlin's uh, Superman car- like holding a car, you know, slamming it on the thing for a moment or, you know, some clever way of doing that to pay homage to Action Comics number one. Yeah. Well, they did um, in the episode of Supergirl that Linda Carter showed up at, you had Supergirl doing that little spin move that was very reminiscent of how Linda Carter uh, changed into Wonder Woman. And then they had the great line at the end uh, when Supergirl is gushing over being on Air Force One and, you know, Linda Carter looks at her and says, you should see my other plane, you know, and it's just, so they've got these great, you know, this great source material to pull from in those wink and a nod moments and and you're right the visuals is something that they could easily do that with too Dean Kane I wouldn't say more because no one's much more but mm-hmm. yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> even then on both sides of her earth parents yeah I mean you have you have Dean Kane who played Superman in, in the adventures of Lois and Clark and then you had I'm blanking on her name but she played Supergirl so, uh, Helen Helen Slater, I think. Helen Slater, yep. Yeah. See, I do good not on Trivia Geeks. Trivia Geeks, I can't do anything. <laughs> Why do you think I host? I've been a contestant on my own show twice and have lost both times. <laughs> well, that just makes you like Thomas Lennon on At Midnight. I mean, you can't exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now it would look rigged. So now it, the in the yeah. Collider article, the first picture under Legends of Tomorrow. Um, so it's like towards the bottom of the article. It's showing a bunch of them. Uh, who is that between Supergirl and Arrow? Right, Standing oh back a little ways. Because in the back row is Vixen and, and Steel. And I see... Um, uh, Arrow's partner there, and I see Firestorm, Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. But am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And does somebody have their suit back? Because that could be a big spoiler right there. Um, are you talking the th- that photo there that Beat has pulled up? Uh, let me take a look here. Yes. Yeah, that's 
that is Ray Palmer's Adam. If that's what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, I mean so... it, it makes sense because they gave they gave Steel his suit or Captain Steel or Commander Steel, whatever they're calling him, in last episode. So I'd imagine this right. episode we're gonna see him working on on the suit. See, but didn't um Rory give him uh Captain Cold's gun? Yeah. Which he used to uh, I could see okay, so if you, if I do that, I could see him taking parts from that and integrating it into the, okay. the suit. See, I, I thought he was gonna become more of uh more of Rory's sidekick or you know, partner or whatever. So Okay, I, I could see that too. I just I wasn't expecting to see the Adam suit back, and especially not in a publicity photo. I would have thought that would have been a bigger reveal since it's been such a big part of the uh, of the storyline so far this season. So yeah, and, and I'm not gonna lie, the uh, last photo there of Commander Steel's uh, photo it looks a little bit like it's just like like baseball padding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like like it's catcher's equipment. <laughs> yeah, it kind of like, does. Yeah, it still looks good, but it's just like, wait, is, is he going to stand behind a batter here? Yeah, that photo that beat pulled up. Um, well, it's funny too because like his superpower is turning steel, so covering him up doesn't. I mean, why do you need armor? I, I mean, I get the I get the concept of wanting the super suit and everything, but it just kind of seems a little silly to me. <laughs> I could see it from a production standpoint. I mean, forget the fact that if he's shot with a dwarf, a dwarf star alloy a bullet, it'll <laughs> penetrate him. But I could see that from a CGI standpoint of, oh, it's easier to just CGI here and then parts of the arm as opposed to yeah. okay, devil's advocate or, or steel's advocate here. It could be that he's, he doesn't want to rip his uh, shorts all the time and other clothes that he has over his metal skin. So <laughs> it lasts that's, as long. That's what he says. Yeah. But I look at it from the production house standpoint of we're losing our budget. <laughs> well, while we're taking apart comic heroes, <laughs> let me tell you about. <laughs> oh no trust me i will do it for every show i, <laughs> I will say this right now and maybe consider i don't i don't think it's considered a spoiler but supergirl its budget has been good enough to where this past episode was the first time i'm like that looks fake mm. where the first season the for every single episode there was something like it seems like that i could pick out yeah. Where it's like, oh, that seems fake. That yeah. seems fake. That seems fake. Eh, come yeah, on. Where the last scene worried me a little bit about uh, where we're going with that. But yeah, why not introduce new characters? Yeah. But yeah, so I think we've covered everything. We've discussed enough on this point here. Um, so the the only other thing to be said is let's have a little cheat chat here with Sean because he is the commander in chief, um, El Jefe of Blazing Caribou Studios. <laughs> Um, I don't know what your official title is, so I just gave you two. There you go. Uh, um, sure. I prefer Lord High Commander, but I can't get anybody to call me that, so whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, the Lord Lord High Commander of Blazing Caribou Studios. I think you got to fight Car- uh, Kari on that one, but... No, nah, she doesn't <laughs> like that title. 
tell everyone what Blazing Caribou Studios are. Um, we are a completely volunteer-run uh, podcast studio that myself and my partner Carrie founded uh, almost a year ago now, and we are currently producing eight different shows with about ten others in um, pre-production. Uh, B just brought up our show list there. Uh, let's see, the MMA show is actually gone away they decided to pull the plug on that and a few of those shows are in pre-production like sketching comedy feast on history um and exploring the x-files a galactic netcast show is actually being retooled to come back here very shortly um so unfortunately my son kevin had to step away from that project due to graduating and going to college and everything which is why it's been on hiatus for so long but one of our um people over at blazing caribou has decided to uh, step in and help me with that so we're actually bringing exploring the x-files back as well um, and again it's all volunteer run we've got about 40 people who work for us over at the network who are um, writers who are uh, art folks who are web designers and we could always use more we've got more shows coming up if you are ever interested in doing your own podcast but you don't know how to get started Go over to blazingcariboustudios.com, drop us a line. We can help train you how to do a podcast while you kind of do some projects for us and things like that. It's kind of a, a neat, almost intern-like uh, process that we've got going on. Um, and like I said, everybody's volunteer. We make enough money to pay the bills, and that's about it right now. So we're, uh, but we're having fun. It's it's uh, it's a great community. And 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 I gotta stop for just a second and say that the people who have volunteered for us so far and who are doing these shows, from art to post-production to hosting to writing they're just an amazing group and we would not be able to do what we're doing without the number of volunteers that we have there it's just you know one show is 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 damn near impossible 18 is like you know just jump off a bridge or not have a life because you're not going to do 18 <laughs> podcasts a week um so that's uh that's that's a little bit about us we uh we like to have fun you know so if anybody's if you're ever interested in doing something like that but you don't want to be on the microphone and you but you want to be part of oh my god look at that beard that doesn't look like that anymore uh, <laughs> uh the uh if you're interested in that sort of stuff, just drop us a line and we'd love to talk to you and get you involved as well. So, No, yeah, definitely. Um, and you can find him, you can find them all at blazingcariboustudios.com. Right. Um, yep. But yeah, Sean, I want to thank you for coming on and um, rocking out as a guest here. Um, and it was also exciting to see that you said that like, I think everyone over at Blazing Caribou wants to guest over here. I'm like, oh, oh, um, oh yeah. I put it in the chat room and I think probably like eight or nine people with it. And that's, you know, like almost everybody who's a host on some show is like, sure, I'll go, I'll go, you know. Uh, so you've got a, yeah. you've got a plethora to choose from over there. So. They have yeah. clearly not show, saw our show before, so we're good there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see who is our return guest. Um, mm. Because so far it's only been one. We've only had like <laughs> just one person. I wouldn't be surprised if December comes around and Corey goes, I'll take another month. Yeah. <laughs> well, since you got all these people who want to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Corey will come back. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> but no, yeah. So, I mean, I think, so 
this is our plug here at the end of the show that we do. This is our live read. Um, you know, like Sean said with his show that they're supported. You know, you know they've got enough money to pay, keep the bills on. Galactic Netcast same way. All every everyone here at Galactic Netcast is volunteer or Galactic Network is volunteer basis. Um, so that in, and you know that includes me myself be, you know, doing our shows. And if you want to help us out, you want to help you know keep keep the lights on here. Um, you can help us out by going to our Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, Galactic Netcast, I believe is the the link there, or just going to gncast.com slash support. And then the other way, the easier way is the Amazon fulfillment or the, the Amazon portal there. You go through through a website, you go to the Amazon store, and boom, everything you buy there, it doesn't matter. It's not just limited to like the, you see the nine things on the screen there. It's whatever you buy a small percentage of that goes to us to help us keep the lights on. And Hey, th- we, we got black Friday coming up here in America. You know, they're doing all the deals and stuff. What better way you're t- you're taking more money from Amazon and giving it to us. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and if you want to, you want to contact us, you can contact us in a couple ways. One is by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or emailing us mail at elsnerds.com. I encourage the emails and the calls because I read and listen to all that stuff. And then all subscription options can be found under uh, gncast.com slash subscribe, including I think the way to get into our our Slack channel is on there as well. With um, on there, And you can leave us or you can join our Facebook page at Galactic Network. Uh, you could follow uh, myself, or you can follow the show on Twitter at Alts Nerds, and then the network at Galactic Netcasts, and you could follow Beat and Corey and Evan on Twitter, Beatmasters at Beatmaster80, Evan, our other producers at Mister Underscore Fusion, Corey, you can find him at Don't Ask Comics, um, Sean, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, about the only that. place I am is at Trivia Geek Show, as I usually run the Trivia Geeks uh, Twitter, so that's where I'm most active. All right. And you can find me at that Gregor. And the last thing to say is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next week. Or else. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>